Welcome to On The Spot, where two student pastors talk about stuff that matters. I'm Dakota. And I'm Kyle. Gobble, gobble, Dakota. Oh my gosh. It's the Thanksgiving episode. And we are in our new studio. Yes, we are. This is fancy, man. I don't, I don't, I kind of feel like they, they put this fancy studio together and then just put a, a couple of uh, just random nobodies in it to, <laughs> to play around with it. I feel like a kid playing kitchen. Yeah, I, I really feel like we are in a professional area yeah. that we shouldn't be in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, who let these guys in? Yeah, I'm really excited about it. Um, I've got this fancy you know, board that I got a rundown on the other day. Um, it's I certainly do not know all the ins and outs of how to use it, but it is very fancy. Yeah, it seems really cool. Um, it does a lot of things, and I'm just going to hopefully get us through today and uh, maybe get better as we go. I, I also now, um, as our AV person, Ross, um, is heading to a new job that is going to be great for him. Uh, we're excited for him, but that means that I have to take over the editing of yes, our podcast. Yes, you do, because I'm not going to do it. <laughs> so hopefully um, we won't see a dip in the quality of what we do. Hopefully the equipment, the new equipment that we have will just make it good despite my lack of skills in editing. I'm sure you'll do great. I'm sure you'll do great. Yeah, we will see. So, Kyle... It I is Thanksgiving a, episode. It is what the is, Thanksgiving episode, and I have I have decided that every time you say the word Thanksgiving, I'm going to say gobble gobble. Uh oh. So, <laughs> so we'll see how this goes, and if I remember, um, uh, I wish it would, would be even better if you had a button on that little machine that would just do a. You well, know what I'm talking about? Well, I do have some some buttons that do make noises, but not. But not that. Um, here, I'll I'll hit one for you. So there we, we go. We can do that all for um, all of my mini jokes. You know, and when when you say something really great, exactly. I feel so good about myself right now. <laughs> we have a studio audience, so we're not actually going to use that very much. Hopefully, <laughs> yes. yes. Um, but but Dakota, I have a pre question for you before the real question. Okay. Okay. Dakota really loves it whenever I go off script and it's not yeah. in the notes. Um, my pre-question for you, Dakota, is what has your quarantine been like? Oh, okay. So me and Kyle both were exposed to COVID and we have had to quarantine. Uh, neither of us have it. Correct. <clears throat> what is every time we start recording? I don't know what it is. I was coughing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> We're talking about being quarantined and coughing right now in the podcast studio. We both got negative tests. Yes. Um, and we've both been quarantined for almost they, two weeks they, at this point. They have decided that we are negative people. Yeah. Um, so my quarantine, it's been fine. Um, I, I don't work well from home. Yeah. Um, and as you know, we have a Airbnb in our basement, which there's been people in, which means that I don't have the basement to retreat to to Did work. Did you tell them that you had COVID? No, because I, I don't have COVID. <laughs> um, and I have zero contact with them. And so I've been trying, like, up until just a day or two ago when it started, like, monsooning, um, I've been working out on my back porch, which has been great. And as you've seen in the yeah. Zoom calls, I've been out on my back yeah, porch. It, it, it's been super nice the past couple of days, but not yesterday no, or today. I lost power last night. Did actually. you really? Yeah. We, um, so we woke up and it was like kind of hot in our room and our fan was off and nothing was working. And we were like, what's going on? And Haley's, Haley said, I think we've lost power. 
Done. Okay, so 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 we opened our windows and stuff, and then we realized, uh oh, we have Airbnb people downstairs. Oh no, we should probably send them a message (laughs) and let them know that (laughs) the power should be back. But it it came back a couple hours later. Um, But this morning we woke up to like fourteen Dominion Energy trucks. Oh my goodness! I mean, I'm not exaggerating at all. Fourteen. Yes, I don't know. Literally fourteen, not fifteen. One of them, (laughs) thirteen. One of them was being towed by this. The biggest tow truck I've ever seen. <laughs> so a Dominion truck got stuck? I guess. I don't know. Uh, it was wild. So, you know, that was that was our night. But quarantine's been fine. Uh, I don't think that I've gotten an, as much stuff done as I would like. Um, and I've really missed hanging out with the students on yeah. Wednesday nights. We've, um, we've missed two in a row. Well, missing I know. And three. I'm actually going to be on vacation next week. You're missing three in a row. Yeah. And what then, do you do for a living? I know. <laughs> um, which has been, I, I did FaceTime in last night, which wasn't the same, but, you know, I do miss the students a lot. Uh, so I'm excited to, once everything is done with the quarantine and when I'm back from vacation, getting to really get back in the swing of things and start having a normal life again. Yep. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of with you. Thankful that we're not sick. Um, thankful that I get to do work in like like gym shorts and a t-shirt from my bed (laughs) yeah but at the same time you get stir crazy real quick very very and you're very available to your family if they need you (laughs) yes not that Um, i not that i hate you know doing stuff for my family but when you're at work obviously they can't ask you to help with anything yeah and that's one of the hardest things about working from home for me is when i'm there i'm needed and, yeah. and and that's that's fine, and I'm glad of that because that's part of my role. That's part of your role yeah. as husband and dad. But when you're supposed to be working from home, it it, it does get challenging yeah. to be able to Very navigate because you don't want to just be able to just say like, no, I can't help you because you're right there, right. <laughs> you know. So it was challenging. Uh, I'm glad that it's almost over. Yeah, me too. Me too. I. It'd be great. We'll be at church on Sunday. I'm baptizing a student. It's Woo. gonna be awesome. Yeah, that's that is awesome. We're up to what is it, twenty five baptisms as of this Sunday? Yeah, something like that. Twenty five baptisms for twenty twenty, which for a normal year that would be significantly down, but for a COVID year, that's almost miraculous. Yeah, that's amazing. And by the way, for anybody who's wondering, uh, we are recording this on November twelfth. So, so when we say this Sunday, we're talking about you know three days from now and yes. things like that. So don't be like you'll be uh, listening to this. You know, if you're an avid listener yeah. on Thanksgiving Day, yep, which we we sure we're sure that w- listening <laughs> to our podcast is your number one priority on Thanksgiving. Yeah, well, listen, our last episode um, that came out, episode five, is our second highest listened. Wow, episode. What's our so, first highest uh, number, the episode one, episode um, one. But that was probably because we listened to it a bunch of times yeah. just to make sure that yeah, it wasn't terrible. Sure it was working, um, but the Bethel. Uh, Halloween episode was the hi- the second highest uh, listened episode. So thank you guys for listening. We really appreciate it. We uh, it makes us feel great that you think that what we're talking about matters as well. So absolutely, absolutely. So I have a real question of the day for you okay. now. My real question for you, Dakota, is what is your favorite Thanksgiving food? We need to ask this because it is the Thanksgiving episode. Yeah. So ooh, this was a really hard thing. This for is me. a really hard question. I. If you can see in my show notes that I wrote dressing or stuffing, uh, whichever. What do you call it? Uh, well, I mean, if it's in the turkey, I do call it stuffing because that's 
physically is that what the it is. only difference is uh, like if it's inside the turkey pretty do much you, do you stuff your turkey with stuffing not typically i usually put like citrus uh in inside so that it you know, keeps it moist inside. Like, like you stuff a bunch of lemons in it? Yeah, I'll put some lemons in it. I'll put onion, uh, things like that. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've never cooked a turkey a day in my life, so. Well, I have a 14-pound turkey in my freezer that I'm going to be cooking, so. Well, that's um, pretty cool. But I, I did put um, dressing down because, I mean, there's so many things that I could have put. I love the macaroni salad that we make. Um, I love... Macaroni um, salad. Not macaroni and cheese. No. Macaroni salad. I mean, I do have a good macaroni and cheese recipe, but I, we don't typically make that um, in the holidays because we make macaroni salad instead. And I don't it, know how I feel about that. <laughs> it's really good. I, I really like it. It's one of my favorite things, but I like the dressing because it's unique to Thanksgiving. Yes. And that's the only time that I get it. So yes. Um, yes. I put that down. And uh, there's a lot of different variations of that. I do mine. I make cornbread and crumble that up and mix in uh the like broth and stuff from the turkey drippings basically um and i put some of that in there uh i also make the gravy from that as well um and then we put so you know everything that comes inside the turkey do you know about this is there stuff that comes inside a turkey Uh, okay kyle meat yeah i'm about i'm about to teach you something is it gonna Um, be gross some people think so, but I don't. Um, so in, <laughs> inside of a turkey or even a chicken, uh, if you buy a whole chicken, inside Sometimes of it. Sometimes it's chicken, but not always. <laughs> inside of it, there's a little bag, and that will have, like, the heart, the liver. Um, in the turkey, you'll have the turkey neck inside of there as well. So hold on. When you buy a turkey, they think, oh, you know, they may want a little bit of surprise, kind of like the toy in the cereal box. Let's give them the heart and the gizzards and the organs and all of that stuff. So, again, it's just the gizzards, it's the heart, it's the liver, and then the neck. Okay, so that's what comes in Is that. Is the neck a delicacy or something? So, the tur- turkey neck actually has a lot of meat on it. It's just a little really? bit tricky to get off. Um, so what I do with all of that is I put it in a pot with water and I make broth out of it. Gotcha. And then I take all those things out and I chop them up. I get all the meat off of the turkey neck and I chop all that up and that goes into the stuffing. Um, so it's just, it's the way so to go. So you put turkey neck in your stuffing. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I mean, it's just turkey meat. Yeah. I, I don't typically tell people, uh-huh. you know, what goes that's into probably, it because that's probably a wise Because move. then they're like, what? Ew, gross. Exactly. <laughs> Dakota. So this is, I'm learning so much about you. These are things you already knew about me. You just started learning. No, I knew that you cooked. I just didn't realize you were gross. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> I mean, seriously, that was pretty funny. Um, so yeah, I call it dressing. I don't know that I've. I don't know that I have ever had dressing stuffed inside a turkey before. Really? Yeah. I just. It's not a very common thing because you can't. You don't get that much. You know, if you make dressing, you can do a whole like, you know, nine by thirteen Absolutely. pan of it. Absolutely. But if you do dressing inside the turkey, you only get like three scoops. So who I mean, gets who gets to eat the the stuffing? <laughs> you yeah, know, that's fair. Um, I don't know if you saw this, but there was like this. You know how sometimes you know around the holidays they'll do the most or any time the most popular such and such in each state. Yeah. You know, like the most popular fast food restaurant. Or Are the, you talking about the map? Yeah. Did you did I you did see, see the it. Thanksgiving map? Did you see what Maine picked? 
I didn't look that closely. I did notice that pretty much everything around us was macaroni and cheese. Yes. <laughs> Maine picked, I think it was Maine, salad. Like. Favorite Thanksgiving dish was salad. Like lettuce and dressing? Yes. Weird. I know. Like, I'm sitting there thinking, I, I don't know that I want salad ever made on Thanksgiving <laughs> because I don't want to waste any room in my stomach. That's a waste of space, man. Why would you do that to yourself? You've got dressing you can eat. You've got uh, a green bean casserole or turkey or they mashed must, potatoes. They must really, really, they must make a really good salad. I guess maybe it's a like, you know, we need something to make ourselves feel good about ourselves because we just ate a bunch of junk. I don't, I don't get it. Or maybe like, you well, know, they're well, they healthier in Maine. They can't do a turkey trot because it's cold. That's a good point. So they probably, that's probably what it is. You know, we do turkey trots to make ourselves feel good about the fact that we're going to eat a bunch of food. Yeah. They, they eat salad. Yeah. I don't know that I've ever done a turkey trot in my life. I man. haven't either. Like the, the thought of getting up early. And running on Thanksgiving Day sounds like torture. That's almost as bad as going to the beach. I mean, seriously, why would you do that to yourself? Oh, that's pretty good. I'm pretty sure they're for charity, I assume. Oh, well, now I feel good. Yeah, you should feel bad. I feel really bad. <laughs> I guess it is for charity, isn't it? Yeah. Well, you know, everybody knows my true colors. Yep, good job, Kyle. <laughs> All right. So let's. So we decided that with this particular episode, uh, we were going to have a special Thanksgiving episode and we were going to talk about our top five favorite. Uh, traditions. Now, I don't know about you, Dakota, but I listed mine in order in the show notes. I don't know if you listed yours in order. Nope. But we're going to pretend like you did. Okay. Okay? So, because uh, I listed mine in order, and we're going to count down from number five. So the one that's the last on your list is your number five, okay? Okay. And we're going to pretend that's your number five. Okay, yeah, I did this in absolutely no particular order. <laughs> See, you don't know how to do a top five, nope. Dakota, because we've got to we've got to do this like you know drum roll style and all that jazz and stuff. So, Dakota, um, I want to know what your what your top five favorite Thanksgiving traditions are. Number five. So, are we gonna do like all five of mine, or are we gonna no, go no, back no, and no, 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 we'll go back okay. and forth. Okay. That's more fun. <laughs> yeah, I agree. So, um, the bottom one, right? Yes. My number five is decorating for Christmas the day after Thanksgiving. Gobble, gobble. Oh, my gosh. <sighs> I don't know if you've said Thanksgiving up I until have. now, I but have. I just now remembered. <laughs> I have. So, um, what we do is the day after, we um, set up our Christmas tree. We Any decorations that we have for Christmas, they go up the day after. Do you get them all done the day after? Yes. That's that's impressive. Yeah. Well, I we don't really like put lights up on the house outside or anything like that. So it's it's just inside decorations. So it's pretty yeah, that's pretty good. straightforward and easy. That's good. But that's that's one thing that we really look forward to. I've done that literally all of my life. Um, we I grew up. We always had a real Christmas tree, uh, and we would go and pick out the real Christmas tree, uh, bring it home, and decorate and all of those things. Uh, do you still do a real Christmas tree? Uh, we will at some point. Right now, we don't, um, just because it, it's honestly a cost thing. Sure, you buy a fake one, and it costs you 
you know, $150 or whatever they cost. As bad as much as like one or two Christmases worth of a fake tree. Yeah. I mean, you buy, if you buy a real Christmas tree every year, like, you know, you're going to pay every year what you would pay once. (laughs) I've never bought a real Christmas tree in my life. They're, they're not cheap. They're really, really not. And then you have to... They feel high maintenance. They are because they can dry out. Um, they can be a fire hazard. Uh, I love them. They look amazing. They smell amazing. Um, however, it's just a convenience and easy You know thing. you can get that smell from a candle. Yeah, that's true. Um, so we right now we have a fake Christmas tree and we will probably have one for a while and we will do a real tree at some point. Um but right now we don't because then you got to buy string lights in addition to oh, all yeah. that. So and now fake trees come with the lights like already correct like in it correct and they're LED lights which are really nice so they yes. last longer. Yes. So that's that's what we do as far as that goes. We also uh, Haley likes to we usually watch Home Alone during that time while we're decorating Such a good movie uh, because that's Haley's favorite. I know we haven't planned out our Christmas episode yet, but I want to do our like our top favorite christmas movies oh yeah we should definitely do that um but Haley really loves home alone so we'll typically put that on while we're doing decorating and uh, once the movie's over it's just turning on christmas music and eating um, christmas kind of snacks and stuff so it's a good time it's a good time so you already have the christmas snacks in your house for the day after thanksgiving no Haley usually makes them on the day after oh that's so sweet and then we of course have like pie and stuff so of course <laughs> you have to have pie yeah all right so my number five is putting up christmas tree the day after thanksgiving <laughs> we do the same thing dakota who well, would have thought i will say that's a pretty common thing to do yes it is except for it this is. year a lot of people have had their their Christmas tree up since I Halloween. I don't blame them. It's 2020. 2020's been rough. <laughs> G- give people something happy to celebrate. Well, and that's what I've been noticing. Talk about. The people that are doing that are saying, I need I need two full months of Christmas this yes. year. Yes. <laughs> yes. This is a two Christmases worth of a year. Yep. You know, we, we should have thought about that and celebrated Christmas in July. Oh. Wouldn't that have been weird yeah yeah (laughs) so yeah we put up we put up the christmas tree the day after thanksgiving um we um i don't know what you guys do with your christmas tree i know some people with their christmas tree they um you know they have like specific ornaments and they have to make Mm -hmm. it look a specific way and it's got a it's got a match and all that stuff we actually every one of our ornaments we try to be meaningful in some way, shape, or form. Like we always get a Christmas ornament when we do a special family vacation. Nice. Um, we've got like first baby ornaments. We've got um, all kinds of different ornaments that that are meaningful to us for some specific reason. Mm-hmm. And so we'll um, we'll put those up um, and kind of reminisce about the different memories and and things like that. We and, do that as well. Uh, it, you know, that's it's kind of a sweet time. So. So my mom actually gave me all of the ornaments that I made as a kid in school. Because um, she didn't want that junk on her tree well, anymore. <laughs> well, and she always had gotten me and my sister an ornament every year. And she gave all of those to me as well. Uh, and the whole point of that was so that when we moved out, we would have some ornaments for our first Christmas tree and stuff like nice. that. So, And Haley's got quite a few of her old childhood ornaments and things like that. So we do the same thing. That's yep. a really sweet time. Yep. Yep, I like it. 
I like it. All right, so what's your number four, Dakota? Number four. Um, so since me and Haley have been married and have moved away from uh, our hometown, um, something that has become a tradition for us is that we go on vacation the week before Thanksgiving. So not during Thanksgiving, the week before Thanksgiving. Yep. Um, so we go on vacation the week before Thanksgiving, and then we don't go to North Carolina for Thanksgiving. We go for Christmas, but Thanksgiving has become our family holiday. Gotcha. Uh, and we typically have a bunch of friends over, and you know we do the whole thing at our house, and it's just a really fun time for us. But um, vacation the week before has become a thing that we do. Um, we are. I'm actually leaving tomorrow. Um, to go for the vacation, uh, and we're going with some friends, Connor and Michaela. You oh, know that's them. nice. Uh, so we're going to go just to Virginia Beach for a week. It's going to be really fun. Uh, very excited about that. We originally had planned on going on a cruise. That got canceled. Thanks, COVID. Um, yep. So we're not dun, doing that. Dun, dun. <laughs> uh, so we ended up doing Virginia Beach, which we're really excited about. Going on vacation the week before is really fun because then you come back, and it's like, all right, now let's get amped up for you know Thanksgiving. So. Yep. Yep, that's cool. What about that's your cool. number four? Gobble, gobble, by the way. I ah, forgot stop to say it. That. Um, <laughs> I'm going ed- to edit that out. No, you're not. No, you're not. You are not going to take the time to edit out every <laughs> no. gobble, gobble. No, I'm not. It, wouldn't that be cool, though, if someone invented the technology where you could put the uh, the audio file in a specific thing and have it identify every time a specific word was said? There's no doubt that that exists. It probably does. <laughs> but I'm going to pretend like I'm awesome and just came up with something awesome. All right, I officially copyright that idea, oh my. trademark, or whatever the official term I, is. I'm sure that that's going to hold up. Yep, it is. I, it will hold up in court. All right, my number four is uh, we want to begin. Uh, we um, The day after Thanksgiving, we begin building our newest Christmas Lego set. So I know this is like a Christmas tradition that I'm like putting on Thanksgiving. Uh, it seems like all of my favorite things. I was going to say, does, does anything of yours have to do with Thanksgiving? You know, listen, I love Thanksgiving, but in, in my mind, Thanksgiving is just a marker that lets us know Christmas is almost here. Oh, my. So there are things I love about Thanksgiving, but let's be honest, Christmas is so much better. <laughs> um, so anyways, one of my favorite Thanksgiving traditions is that the day after Thanksgiving, we begin building our newest Christmas Lego set. So every year, Chris uh, Lego puts out uh, a brand new like winter village type Lego set, and so my family will uh, we will take all of those pieces that we have them stored in my my home office in in a cabinet. We pull all of them out and we uh, we station them all on the particular uh, place that we put them on, where it looks like a, a village and everything. Like we've got a, a a a train, we've got a toy shop, we've got uh, all kinds of good stuff. People like skiing and cr- big Christmas trees. It's pretty great. It's like so, some people set up those winter villages with figurines. We do it yeah. with Legos. And so every year we buy a new set and we build it as a family together over the course of we over the course of December until nice. whenever we finish it. And January seventh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, no, we get it done before then. We get it done before then. So we just. We love picking out those sets and building them together. I hope that we can do it again this year. Went and looked, and the only set that's available is the one that we bought last year, and all of them are out of stock already. So so hopefully we'll have a set to build this year. Like, it'll get back in stock, you know, right 
in time for us to start building. Yeah, I was going to ask, does that ever cause any, like, strife in your family? You know, you're, like, you know, on December 23rd, and you're not quite done. You're like, no, everybody no, no. is going to work on this today. No, 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 no. We, we always get it done because sometimes... Uh, Sometimes, you know, we'll all build together or sometimes it'll be just Matthew and me. Sometimes it'll be just me. Sometimes it'll be just Matthew. Um, sometimes me? it'll be just Becca because she's the one most likely to get stressed about it not being done yet. Um, <laughs> What's Riley going to get get done on it? Uh, nothing. Absolutely. You're not going to let her like at she least will, like try and place a piece. Um, she will uh, dribble some of her spit up crackle <laughs> all over it um, so that it never comes apart again. Yep. There you um, go. So that's my number four building. Beginning to build our newest Christmas Lego set. What's your number three, Dakota? My number three is leftovers. Yes. Leftovers are fantastic. I love Thanksgiving leftovers. Although I will say, a week after Thanksgiving, the leftovers aren't quite as good. Well, well, typically a week after anything, leftovers aren't great. Um, leftovers do have a the shelf life. The dressing gets a little dry. <laughs> yeah. You know, it doesn't matter how much um, gravy you put on it. Typically, leftovers don't last that long. Um, I but I love leftovers. The leftover desserts, the left like because I'm a pie person. So Haley always makes a derby pie. Um, a derby pie? You don't know what derby pie is? I do not. Is this something you picked up in Kentucky? Um, I mean, it is more popular in Kentucky because it has the word derby in it. Yes. Um, so it's basically a pecan pie with um, milk chocolate in it. So, do you say pecan or pecan? I say pecan. I know that you don't like it. Do, do you say pecan every single time? Yes. So exclusively, you eat pecans. <laughs> yes. You don't eat pecans because because for me it's pecan pie, but every other instance that it exists, it's pecan. Seriously, I yes. mean, I know people that that say it differently at different times, but I also know your stance on this, which is that you think that a pecan is a toilet. It is a toilet. <laughs> it is. Are you impressed that I remember that from I five do. years ago? That, I, I am very <laughs> impressed because I was about to tell that joke, and you totally, you totally stole my thunder. A pecan is a toilet, and a bidet is what cleans you up. Oh gosh. So, by uh, the way, if you want to listen to our conversation about bidets, go back to episode one, two, one, two, something like that, something like that. Um, so yeah, I love leftovers. Uh, I just like you know making a turkey sandwich, um, which is just that is awesome. Good. When you take the turkey and then make a sandwich out of it, yeah. And, oh, it's oh, so okay. Good. So here's here's what you have to do. You take the turkey, mm-hmm. and then you take a little bit of dressing and put on there. Oh yeah, and then you take a little bit of cranberry sauce oh, and kind yeah. of pour on that. And then you, like, sandwich that bad boy. if you don't do the cranberry sauce, sometimes you put a little gravy on there. Oh, oh yeah, I forgot about the gravy. You put gravy on there, too? (laughs) You put it all on there. So good. Do you toast the bread or just let it soak it up? I usually just let it soak it up. There you go. Because it's just uh, a heavenly thing. It is. It is very heavenly. It is very heavenly. All right, what's your number three? My number three is... Christmas shopping. Oh my! Christmas shopping. I don't so, think... brought to you by Kyle's top five Christmas traditions <laughs> on the Thanksgiving episode. Um, I, I, my, my love language or one of my two main love languages is gift giving. I love receiving gifts. I love giving gifts, and I love the fact that Thanksgiving marks when I can officially start buying presents and I get deals and stuff. So, uh, we've got lists for all of our family members. We got lists for my kids and my wife and, 
um, you know, sisters and brother-in-law and, and everybody I'm supposed to buy presents for. I just love doing it. I know stereotypically in families that the, the wife is the one that takes care of most of the Christmas shopping. In our family, it's me. You also wrap, don't you? I do. I wrap all the presents. My, my poor wife doesn't get to do any of it if she wanted to. It doesn't matter <laughs> because I, I've taken over it. My, my office at home becomes a mess because that's where we store all the presents. That's where we store all of the... Uh, uh, the wrapping paper, we do all the wrapping, stuff like that. I absolutely love buying presents. Now, I don't necessarily like going out into the store. I was going to ask if you're a Black Friday crazy person. I'm an, I, I was an early adopter on buying things online. You're a, I was you're buy- a Cyber Monday yes. person. I, well, see, but but they started doing all of the online stuff long before Cyber Monday, yeah. a long time ago. And so I, I was Amazon shopping for Christmas presents before most people were shopping on Amazon for Christmas before presents. Before Amazon had lists. Yes, exactly. And we don't even use Amazon. We uh, we use an app called Gifster where it allows you to get an online link from any website and import it into a list that everybody has access to. Interesting. So I, I have all of my relatives' uh, Christmas lists, and I put together lists for all of my family uh, so that they can buy, and it, it's it's really cool. So I, I love buying gifts. I love wrapping gifts, and I officially am allowed to start doing that the day after Thanksgiving. You're allowed. Yes, yes. Uh, otherwise, great. it gets out of hand. It, it, it will get out of hand. I uh, Becca keeps the budget, and she has to keep me in line. Not because I'm buying a ton of stuff for myself, but because I'm buying gifts for everybody. Like yeah. I just I find something, I go, oh, so-and-so will really like that. And yeah, so I have to I have to be very careful, and we have to maintain our budget. Nice, and, and you know keep track of who what we spent for what person. So yep, that's my number three Christmas shopping, Black Friday shopping. That means we're at my number two. Yes, um, which I kind of hinted on this earlier, but we don't go back to our hometown for Thanksgiving. Instead, we do Thanksgiving gobble gobble. As a family unit, um, I'm just going to ignore that. Uh, we do it as a family <laughs> unit uh, here or wherever we have lived. And that has been a really special time for us um, because we have friends over, uh, which we wouldn't otherwise get to spend that kind of time with. Uh, so we get to kind of do the the Thanksgiving stuff and have the reflection of Thanksgiving and all of those things with, with our Family away from our family, if that makes sense, um, which is is very special, and we've we've grown to really really cherish that time. That's cool. Um, like I know that Crosby has some surrogate grandparents here. Yeah, uh, you know them, the Donnellys. Oh yeah. uh, they're fantastic. They're actually going to be coming to our Thanksgiving this year. We're oh, very, that's cool. Very very excited about that. Since Brian doesn't have to fly uh, for that that particular time frame, and so we're we're gonna uh, have them over uh, hopefully. Depending on the Morton schedules, they they might swing oh, by. Cool. Um, so we're we're planning on having about ten people, uh, which is super exciting for me because of what my next one is. But I'll I'll get to that okay momentarily. Awesome, awesome. So that was your number two, doing Thanksgiving as your own family unit with friends. Yep. Since you moved away from home. Yep. All right, my number two is eating food. I finally have a Thanksgiving hey. one. <laughs> Eating food that I only eat once a year. Nice. So um, I don't know what to call it. It's called, like, I call it strawberry salad, but it's not really a salad. Is it like Jello. It, it's kind of like a, a gelatinous type thing. 
I, that word does not sound good or appealing in any so, way. Um, my family, when I was younger, made a version of it. And then my, my wife's family made a, a different version of it. And I like both of them. So in my wife's side of the family, they um, what they do is it, at the bottom layer is a layer of... I'm going to get this wrong. I think it's a layer of pretzels. Oh, yeah. I know exactly and what you're talking about. And then it's a layer about. of like whipped cream. Yep. And then it's a layer of... like. Gelatinous, gelatinous strawberry, yeah, <laughs> yep. and it's fantastic. Now, on my on my side of the family, we grew up, and it was just all mixed together. Mm-hmm. And so, I love both of them, and I only ever eat it at Thanksgiving, and sometimes at Christmas, if for whatever reason the family didn't gather together at one of those meals. I love that. I love turkey and dressing. Love turkey and dressing. It's so good. Um, my wife's family makes a sweet potato casserole. That, um, you know, some people put marshmallows on top. I prefer it with the pecans mm. I, and the brown I sugar I and agree. stuff. Oh, it's so good. And the, uh, um, I mean, this year I'm trying to convince my wife to make a green bean casserole because I love green bean casserole. And neither side of the family has ever made a green bean casserole for, really? for, for a Thanksgiving or a dinner or a Thanksgiving or a Christmas in our entire. It's so easy, though. I know. <laughs> and, but but they don't really like it as much as I do. It's really good. I I, I really love it. it. So do you like it with um like French green beans or like the the bigger green beans? Yes. Oh, so it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because the French green beans are like the really long ones that yes. are almost like noodles. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. I like I like it. Um, I like it with the little onion thingies on top. Um, that it just, it just all, it just tastes so good. You put it in that cream of mushroom. Mm-hmm. It's just, oh, it's so good. I'm trying, I'm also trying to convince my wife this year to make some homemade mac and cheese because it just seems like the most stereotypical thing for a Thanksgiving meal that I've never in my life had for a Thanksgiving meal. Really? I've never had homemade mac and cheese for Thanksgiving before. And Did, so like, do you need a recipe? Yes. Send my wife a recipe. That would be fantastic. Okay, I'll um, send her. I'll send her. I'll send her the one I use. So, um, I love eating all of these foods because I only ever get to eat them once a year, and it's it's just fantastic. Nice. So, what's your number one, Dakota? Do you have a so, drum roll on that board? I, I don't actually. I've only got the didn't pick one. Pick pick one that comes the closest. Um, uh, I don't know which one. Not that one. <laughs> That's the there closest we, go. we got. Drum roll. But <laughs> The crickets. Um, that was funny. You hit the cricket button. <laughs> so my number one is cooking for Thanksgiving. Yes, this is not going to be my number one. Spoiler I, alert, because I don't like to cook. So I'm a little bit of a control freak when it comes to this. So Haley, no. Haley's always telling me, you need to tell people what they need to bring. And I'm like, they don't need to bring anything. I'm making it all. Yes. <laughs> um, what, how Do you do lunch or dinner? Uh, we usually do like a two o'clock. Okay. So a late so lunch. How early do you get up to start cooking? Um, I'm usually the turkey is the first thing that typically goes sure. on because it takes so long. And the pies we do the day before. Do um, you fry your turkey or bake it? I do it different every year. I think I might smoke it this year. Oh um, smoked turkey. I, I have I have never fried it because I don't have a turkey fryer. Uh, I have eaten fried turkey. It is delicious. I know what y'all should get him for Christmas now. <laughs> um 
we have done in, in the oven and baked it. That's the traditional way yeah. to do it, and that's what we usually do. But I'll see if I can find a turkey fryer for you on Black Friday. <laughs> nice. But because of how many um, things have to go in the oven, it becomes kind of a burden if you don't have two ovens. So I'm thinking... How many ovens do you have? Just one. Okay. Did you, did you not get my pun, though? It's a burden. Oh! oh. It's a ba ching <laughs> There we go. <laughs> so... We, gosh, I got to stop using that. Um, <laughs> Wouldn't because it be funny if that wasn't actually wired to the audio recording yet? And so people are. That would be awful. That would be terrible. So I'm, I'm really considering doing the turkey in my smoker. That way it frees up the oven yeah, for the whole day. that's a good call. Um, but there, it's a little bit more complex to do it in the smoker. Yeah. So I just got to kind of figure out what I want to do and what, how much I'm willing to do. Uh, but I really, really love cooking everything. Cause as you know, I love to cook. It's one of my favorite things to do. It's a hobby for me. It's a stress reliever. Really? Um, it, it relieves stress. Yes, absolutely. So Haley, Haley knows that if I'm like really stressed for a while that I will just be like, Hey, I need to go to the store and get some things and just make some stuff. Uh, and that's when I usually so your wife secretly looks forward to the days that you're stressed. <laughs> no, um, because when I do that, I, I, I literally go into my own world yeah, in the kitchen. You say, Stay out of the kitchen, woman. <laughs> no, Which I never say that. the opposite of what everyone else says. <laughs> Jeez. Every, everyone else. That's not me. That's not me. <laughs> I don't, I don't say that. So, um, it's just something I find very fun. It's what me and my dad always used to do. We always cooked everything. Oh, so um, you? Oh, so your dad is a cook too? Oh yeah, he's a very good cook. Um, and we always cooked everything together for Thanksgiving, and so it's just something that I now do. I Haley has convinced me that it is too much for one person to do all by themselves. <laughs> so uh, some of the people that are coming this year are going to be bringing things as well because sandy you know sandy is an unbelievable oh, cook, yeah. so she's going to be making a couple of uh of the side items so that i don't have to do everything i need i need your menu tell me your menu um it's year. not finalized yet but this year so far we will have derby pie we will have okay hold on i don't know what derby pie is i already told you what derby pie is it's i wasn't listening it, oh my gosh it's it's essentially pecan pie with milk chocolate in oh, it. oh i was so focused on the pecan part yeah so I... it has milk chocolate in it um and it's got kind of like a a, uh, a crust top so it's like a chocolate pecan pie yeah it's like chopped up pecans instead of uh the pecans on top it's got this like uh almost like a cookie layer so okay. it's very, very good. Interesting. Um, we will not be having derby pie at my house. <laughs> so we'll have that, and we'll probably have a pumpkin pie. Pumpkin um, pie is fantastic. And potentially an apple pie. Oh, um, apple pie is amazing. Yeah. So we'll, we'll have those three things for desserts, and then we will have for the main, we'll have turkey, we'll have dressing, we'll have macaroni salad. Um, Haley really wants me to make Brussels sprouts. I have a Brussels really... sprouts. That is an underrated dish, oh, man. Oh, by far. So I'll probably P do people that. People who don't like Brussels sprouts have never had them correctly. Yes. Uh, and then we will very likely have, uh, Sandy make something else in addition, a vegetable of her choice. Um, and I'll probably do deviled eggs as well because they're awesome. Um, do you make them with mayonnaise? Is there, is there any way to make them without mayonnaise? Um, yeah, you can. You can do them with, uh, like, olive oil or something like that, but they're never as good. There there are some substitutes, but and I've tried them. They're never as good. I'm just not a mayonnaise fan. I also put horseradish in mine. 
Yeah. Mayonnaise and horseradish. Oh, it's it's the way to go. And then uh, you right. can you can put a little bit of dill in there, and it just. Okay. See, the dill cuts the the cruddiness of the mayonnaise. <laughs> well, the horseradish just makes you forget about so it. Basically, so. you just turn the deviled eggs into potato salad. Do you put horseradish in your potato salad? Well, no, but you put <laughs> dill in it, don't you? Yeah, but I don't put very much in there. Okay. And then, of course, a little bit of smoked paprika on top. I, I'm talking about like my potato salad as if I have my own special recipe of potato salad, and I don't even know what comes in it. I know there's like mayonnaise <laughs> and stuff in it, but oh my! Well, I potato like the yellow kind of potato salad better. There, well, so a mustardy one. Yes, there's also mustard in my deviled eggs. Oh, see, there you go. Yeah. Yes, it's potato salad deviled eggs. Pretty much. It's deviled potato salad. Which is the way most salads like that are. They're mayonnaise-based with a little bit of other stuff. Yeah, see, in order to make mayonnaise taste good, you have to cut it with something else. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's just be honest. Is there anyone out there who eats mayonnaise by itself? Uh, no. Yeah, Henry. Oh. Henry will absolutely eat really? mayonnaise Does by the spoonful. Really? Yes. That is just gross. I don't know if he listens to this podcast, but he should. Oh um, because he just got a shout out for doing something gross. Oh. Um, so, yeah, that's that's probably what our menu is because I, I can get a little crazy and I because I'll be like, oh, well, I, I want to make potato salad. Oh, I want to make, you know, green bean casserole. Oh, I want to make this just because I want you those things. Make everything. Yeah. But I've got to be careful. And we don't always have the same menu every year. Oh, see, I love having the same menu every there year. There are specific things that are always there. Turkey, dressing, macaroni salad. Sometimes we'll have macaroni and cheese too. I am I am still a little bit surprised that macaroni salad is in the three seed at, at your Thanksgiving. It's meals. because it's the only time that we do it. Uh, we don't like I make macaroni and cheese throughout the year. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> but uh, what comes in your macaroni salad that, a, that makes it like a strong three seed at Dakota's Thanksgiving? There's a lot in the macaroni salad. There's cucumbers. There's tomatoes. There's onions. There's celery. There's um, so much stuff there's this is like olive oil it's it's a mayonnaise based thing oh um gross, man you <laughs> took noodles and mixed mayonnaise into it yep um then salt and pepper and then there's uh hard-boiled eggs in there as well it's it's fantastic of all the meals this one definitely has leftovers i guarantee it you would be surprised do you ever eat all of it or do you have to throw some of it away um, the macaroni, the macaroni salad? salad. Oh no, it always all gets eaten. I have a hard time believing that it always gets eaten. Oh, I promise. Goodness. That is the most overrated macaroni salad. Is the most overrated potluck dish unless it's done right. Well, <laughs> I'm just I. I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings, <laughs> but it's not my favorite. Well, that's okay. There's plenty of other options for you. So, okay, Kyle, we got we to get moving. What is your uh, number one? I need a drum roll, Dakota. Um, that's what you get. There we go. I love the Saturday after Thanksgiving to watch the Iron Bowl. Okay, so let me pause you here because only one thing on your top five favorite Thanksgiving traditions had anything to do with Thanksgiving Day. So, okay. <laughs> My honorable mention, I'll just give an honorable mention then. My honorable mention is the fact that I usually take the whole week off for Thanksgiving. Yeah, you are taking the whole week off for Thanksgiving. Yes. I love taking Thanksgiving off because everyone else takes it off. You know, we take vacations. We have vacations throughout the year. Mm -hmm. But let's be honest. People still try to catch up with us when we're on our Thanksgiving. People still try to message us. They, maybe they don't realize that you're on vacation. 
I think I said Thanksgiving. I meant vacation. Um, people don't realize you're on vacation. People don't realize that you're out of state or whatever. And so they still, I know you're on vacate. They call you and say, I know you're on vacation, but yeah. I need an answer to question A, B, and C. Nobody does that on Thanksgiving <laughs> vacation because everybody's taking Thanksgiving vacation. And I love that. I can rest in a way that I can't always rest on other vacations. And you rest with turkey in your belly. Exactly. So when I celebrate, I say all that to say, when I celebrate Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving for me is not a one-day event. (laughs) Thanksgiving for me is a seven-day event that I get to celebrate. And And these are all things that I do during my Thanksgiving vacation. One of those things is watching Alabama beat Auburn the Saturday after Thanksgiving. When we have the Iron Bowl, which no matter what anyone tells you, the Iron Bowl is the greatest college football rivalry on the planet. Okay? Ohio State and Michigan? Nope. Army, Navy? Nope. Uh, Whoever else and whoever else? Oklahoma, Nebraska, Oklahoma, Texas, Florida, Georgia, whomever. You know, they don't, they all pale in comparison to the Iron Bowl. And I, I watch college football every single weekend and I rarely get as stressed as I do during the Iron Bowl. You just said that you relaxed and rested. I did. I do relax. (laughs) This is a good stress. This is like, because it doesn't matter how good Alabama is or how good Auburn is. They always play each other really, really tight and tough, Mm -hmm. you know? And and usually Alabama wins, but sometimes Auburn pulls out a miracle, and that just makes us hate them more. And so that it gives us fuel to like, you know, um, amp up the fire for the next year. So one of two things is going to happen usually. Usually Alabama wins a tight game, and people like tight games, or Alabama just annihilates them. Auburn never annihilates Alabama, and so I don't have to worry about that. Okay. <laughs> So um, I love the Iron Bowl. I love gathering together with family and watching it the Saturday after Thanksgiving. It's just great. Nice. So that are our that is our top five favorite Thanksgiving traditions. Yep. So we've got to get moving on this next part, Kyle. How long have we been recording? Um, a long time. A long time. <laughs> so um, here's what we have to do next. Um, we are going to talk about a little bit more about our mission and vision for so for those of you who are you know like okay now you're going to get to something that is important and we care about um, hey, listen, here it is thanksgiving matters <laughs> thanksgiving matters and everybody wants to know what our favorite tradition yeah is. I'm, right, I'm dakota i am sure that that is on the top of people's list yes it's exactly um, what they tuned in for us so today to do on thanksgiving <laughs> today we're going to jump into uh, a little bit of the strategy behind our mission and vision. Yeah. We've talked about the three C's. We've talked about the mission as a whole and all of that. So now we're going to jump into a little bit of the strategy. Uh, and the first one that we're going to talk about is partnering with parents. This is very, very, very important for us yeah. in student ministry. So why is this a strategy for us, Kyle? Um, so uh, just to give you guys a little bit of framework here, we believe that there are seven things. I think it's seven. We've added a couple over the years. Mm-hmm. Uh, seven things that we, no matter what we do, these are the seven things that we try to do most in order to be effective in our mission of helping middle schoolers and high schoolers experience life change because of Jesus one step at a time. And top of that list is partnering with parents. Uh, This is a strategy for us simply because we recognize that over time, uh, parents have two things that we don't have. 
One of those two things is greater influence. Uh, For better or worse, parents have more long-term influence over their kids than anyone else that their kids will ever come into contact with. It may not feel like that in the moment. There are parents that might be listening to this that feel like there is no way that I have influence (laughs) over my children, but I promise you, you do. Because your, your kids have grown up with you, mm-hmm. uh, and your kids will continue to be a part of your family even after they graduate. At most, we get students for seven years yep. in our student ministry. Sometimes they, it may be a little bit longer if they decide to volunteer. Uh, sometimes it may be shorter if they decide to move away. And then if you divide that out even further, I really only get three years of direct influence with our students. And I get four. Yes. And so we have a finite, a very finite amount of time. And if, if you take it even further than that, we get maybe two hours, two, three hours a week at best. Whereas for most of our, for most of our students, they are spending um, a copious amount of time infinitely more time with their parents than we are. So long-term, all of that exposure to your kids means that you have greater influence over your kids than, that parents have greater influence over their kids than uh, than we will. Uh, not only that, not only do they have greater influence, but they also have greater access to their kids. Parents mm-hmm. have more access to their students than we do. Um, long-term, you will have 18 years with them, maybe longer, uh, through college, maybe they move back in after college while they try to get their feet underneath them, you know. But but the reality is, is they're there for all of the big moments of your life. Mm-hmm. We as a student ministry are are not. So um, it is common for kids later on in life to actually call their parents when they need advice. Yeah, I mean, me and Haley still call both of our parents when we need advice. Absolutely. So we know student ministries that hate parental involvement. They try to stay away from parental involvement at all costs because um, because parents don't always have positive influence yeah, over their kids. I, I will just say, if, if that's the case in your student ministry, you need to go find another student ministry. Because yes. student ministry, in my opinion, cannot effectively be done without the involvement of the parent. Because yes. of all the reasons you've already said. Yes. Yeah, so instead of fighting against that influence that parents have over their kids, or even just trying to exist as a separate influence alongside the influence that parents have, we want to leverage that influence by working together with yes. students. This is why we're such big fans of Orange. Um, just to peel back the curtain a bit, um, we we get a we we have a lot of respect for Reggie Joyner who started Orange, and the whole premise behind this organization is that if the if the color red represents the love of the family and the color yellow represents the light of the church, that when those two work together to influence kids, that um, that that color becomes orange, and right. that we just believe that. Two influences, the family and the home, can have a greater influence on kids working together than they can separately on their own, um, existing alongside one another. So uh, we absolutely believe that partnering with parents is not just good thing, but crucial if we want to have long-term influence over students. We want to help parents. Uh, we want to help influence parents, not just influence children. Yeah, so can... Can we talk a little bit more about 
um, you know, cause I've said it, you've said it, that we, th- we find this to be a vital part of our strategy in effectively ministering to students and accomplishing our mission. Um, so why is partnering with parents so vital to student ministry? Yes. So the teenage years, um, are really when parents begin receiving the most pushback from their teens. Yeah. Um, and the reason for that just from a from a development standpoint, uh, is the individuation process. It's the process of your kid going from being an impressionable kid to being a, a self-sufficient individual, adult who can take care of themselves. Right. Uh, they think for themselves rather than just taking everything that mom and, day, mom and dad say at face value. So if you have teenagers at home and you wonder what happened to your your nice behaving kid, and all of a sudden they're pushing back on everything that you say, and they want to argue with you about everything that you say. That's the reason why, because they're learning to think for themselves. And now they need to learn to do that in a way that's not disrespectful, Right. but that's an important thing for them to do because there is coming a day when they will not be in your uh, they will not be under your roof, and they're going to have to think for themselves, and they're going to have to make wise, Christ-honoring decisions without your direct input. So uh, mom and dad can often feel like they have no influence over their kids during the teenage years. So the reason why student ministry is so valuable is because it helps when mom and dad have someone else in their kid's life that is saying the same things as them. The studies show that uh, when kids have uh, five adult influences in their life that are all saying the same thing about Jesus, they're infinitely more likely to continue holding on to their faith after graduation from high school. So we want to be a part of helping families, helping parents uh, have gained other influences in their student's life so that we can contribute to that statistic and work together. Yeah. So I love that so much because we recognize that parents are the primary disciplers of their kids. Yes. And we are not replacing that. We are helping to make that stronger. Yes. We want to enhance it. Yeah, that's the word. Um, So I I love that. I love that this is a primary focus of ours. Um, So what are some ways that we practically do that? Because we have a lot of different ways. Honestly, this podcast being one of them, yes, um, this is a way that we want to just make a another avenue for our parents to be able to know a little bit more about who their kids' student pastors are, one, but also a little bit more about what we do as their student pastors, why we do those things, and, and stuff like that. So what are some other ways, though, that we, that we practically partner with parents? Um, for the past 10 years, I've always liked to think of parent ministry in terms of three words that I try to accomplish. Uh, one of those, uh, those three words are communicate, equip, and involve. Uh, in some student ministries, all of the communication is done directly with the kids. And to be sure, we, we communicate with the kids. But what we have found is that when we have an event coming up or we've got a new initiative or something along those lines, it helps for us to communicate directly with parents and that helps us build trust with them. When we when we are consistently building uh, those communication lines, they begin to trust us more with their kids. Uh, it gives us an opportunity to share some of the things that we're teaching them, et cetera. Um, in addition to communicating directly with them, uh, it allows us the opportunity to let them know how they can strategically partner with us in mm-hmm. these events and initiatives and, and ministries that we're 
uh, a part of. Yeah, because a lot of our events, I mean, I'm thinking back to 180. We had so many parents that helped, which by the way, if you're a parent that helped us with that, thank you so much. Absolutely. Um, we came out after one of the sessions and I was going to Amy asking, hey, so what, what do we got to do to get this stuff done? We're probably going to get home in a couple hours late, you know? And she was like, no, the parents took it all down and cleaned it all up. And I was like, whoa. So, you know, having the parents help out with what we're doing just helps us accomplish more for the students. So we're so grateful when parents jump into the opportunities Absolutely. that we have. And that really speaks to the involve. Um, some student ministries don't like to involve parents at all. Yeah, which is silly. Um, we don't because, you know, the way I look at it is um, if John, little Johnny over here is going to have five adult influences in his life, he's more likely to find influence from one of his best friend's fathers than he is from just a random Joe Schmo person that he's never met. Yeah. So we want to leverage that. So um, we involve uh, we involve parents. Um, sometimes our connect groups, um, well, we'll get to that in a second. Um, we also like to equip our parents. Uh, we, we recognize that we've been, for many of us, we've been working with students longer than parents have had students. Mm -hmm. So while we may not know their particular kid as well as they do, we tend to have an idea, a better idea of how students function than parents do. So we want to take the knowledge that we've learned and been taught in school and, and through experience, and we want to share that with other parents so that we can help empower them to make wise decisions when they are parenting their kids. It's not us giving them parenting advice. Right. It's more about us giving them advice to help them understand their teenager's uh, better. So we got a, a parent conference, the the Legacy Parent Conference is mm -hmm. going to be coming up in April. Very excited. Uh, really excited about that. This is the first time as a next gen team that we have all collectively put together a parent conference that is designed for parents, uh, parents who have kids on the way, think they might have kids at some point in time, all the way up to empty nesters. Yep. Um, everyone, everyone who has kids in some stage of life, will benefit from coming to this parent conference. Yeah, I'm very excited about that. Um, some of the other things that we do is just in our efforts to put stuff in the hands of parents for them to know what we're doing mm -hmm. uh, and what their students are doing. For instance, like our the things that we do as far as curriculum on Sundays for connect groups, yeah. um, even what we're teaching on Wednesdays, we're trying to do a better job. We've got plans on making sure that the recordings of our teaching are available uh, we're trying to send out questions uh, mm -hmm. when we can about what we're teaching stuff, just talking points so that you as a parent can connect more with your student um, and knowing exactly what they're learning and what they're being taught um, so that one, we're being very transparent um, for the parents benefit. And two, also that allows them to engage more with their kids because a lot of times what I've heard is that parents are just like, I just don't know how to start the conversation right. with my kid. Well, we're trying to provide ways for that. Absolutely. So um, just another way um, that we get parents um, informed and involved a little bit more uh, with their kids. So uh, you mentioned a little bit about uh, volunteering uh, and that parents serve and help with us. How do adult leaders who volunteer volunteer that aren't necessarily parents of the students, how do they uh, contribute to the partnering with parents strategy? Yeah, in fact, I would say that 
how our connect group leaders partner with parents is far more crucial than how we right. partner with parents. Um, so su- several of our connect group leaders, for example, they'll put on parties uh, and they'll invite the kids' whole family uh, to the party. Bill does a great job um, of that. So that it's not just the students there, but it's actually the parents there. Sometimes uh, our connect group leaders will put on parties where um, they'll have the kids come and hang out and go do stuff by themselves. And the connect group leaders will stick back with the parents just to con- build that relationship with the mm-hmm. parents. Here, look, here's the reality. When, when students hit the teenage years, parents, um, they just instinctively start caring less about um about every little detail you know we always we used to do a ministry called kairos where we would get closed from schools mm-hmm. and um we would get far more uh coats and jackets from lost and founds at schools that uh that were from kids that were in middle school and high school than we would from kids that were in elementary school why is that because when a, a kid leaves their jacket at school Mom and dad go find it. When a student leaves their jacket at school, mom and dad may not even know they had that jacket yeah. <laughs> because they just stop paying quite as much attention. And that can happen when it comes to connect group leaders as well. Um, I'd say one of the big things that we encourage our connect group leaders to do at first is just to touch base with our mm-hmm. parents. Like goal number one, you should know the names of your parents. Yeah. And if you're a parent out there, goal number one, you should know the name of your kids' connect group leaders. Yeah. That's where you. That's where you should start. Um, so, at little things like developing a party uh, where you spend time getting to know the parents. Um, that can be an incredible way to uh, to build that relationship. Sometimes it can be calling so and so up uh, later on. Uh, calling so-and-so, calling a parent up after a connect group time and just encouraging them, saying, hey, I just want you to know so-and-so contributed to group today. And I know they didn't learn all that from me. I just want you to know the discipleship that you're doing in the life of your kid is just incredibly valuable. Yeah, Um, A lot of them will email newsletters. I mean, we email stuff out as a student ministry, but Mm -hmm. I think the newsletters that are sent out from our connect group leaders to parents get opened and read far more than the ones that we send out as a ministry. That's probably true. <laughs> um, so these are just some ways that our adult leaders um, connect with uh, the group. And even if it's not inviting the whole family to a connect group outing, sometimes just inviting the dads. Yeah. Or sometimes the, a dad or a mom can't be the connect group leader, but they can be like the team mom Yeah. You know, for your connect group. They can help pull together some parties. Well, and in addition to that, um, we've had connect group leaders who win – a student at times will share more with a connect group leader than they will their parents just because of comfortability. Um, and they may share something that is of concern. Sure. Uh, and when the connect group leader is effectively partnered with the parent, um, it creates a good line of communication because what we tell our students is if you trust us to tell, or if you trust us enough to tell us, you trust us enough to do the right thing. Absolutely. Um, and students will still tell you. Uh, and that, that provides a line of communication to parents when something is um, important and yes. needs to go to them. Absolutely. Um, so that's just another way that our connect group leaders are vital. Um, yes. And partnering with parents in general is 100% vital. And I'm going to say this again. If you are a part of a student ministry that kind of pushes parents to the side or keeps them at arm's length, uh, you need to consider finding a, a different student ministry yeah. or at least having a conversation with the student pastor and saying, hey, 
I really think that it's important for the parents to be a little bit more involved mm-hmm. um, because we cannot do effectively student ministry without the involvement of no, the parents. not at all. And I just think it's something that that we're launching very, very soon in the high school ministry called Journey Groups. Mm-hmm. I just, I think, you know, not every parent can be a connect group leader. Right. But I just think that there are some kids that are in their, their child's connect group mm-hmm. could benefit from having one of their best friend's parents be their mentor. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, for a journey group. And if you guys don't know what journey groups are, journey groups are groups where uh, an adult volunteer, an adult mentor takes two or three students yep. and um, pulls them together for, for deeper discipleship and mentoring. And parents serving in that role alongside a connect group leader can be huge. And that's the hope is that we will get more impa- more parents involved because we realize that our connect group leaders can't do that with every single student. Again, five adults. Five adults. It's it's the st- the statistics back it up, and we just want to be a part of creating those opportunities. Yep. Okay, Kyle. So real quick, I know you have a recommendation for us. Um, so why don't you let us know what that recommendation is, uh, and then we will wrap this thing up. So as I said, Thanksgiving is the marker that lets us know that Christmas is almost here. If you are listening to this, it is Thanksgiving Day at the earliest, so you can officially start watching Christmas movies if you haven't already. So I want to recommend one of my absolute favorite Christmas movies. Uh, I saw it in the theater. I didn't realize how good it was going to be, Uh, and this is one of the few movies that I have, while sitting in the theater, actually pre-ordered on iTunes while sitting in the theater. I just loved it that much. This movie is called The Star. Um, It's one of my favorite Christmas movies of all time. The Star is basically tells the story of Jesus's birth, the nativity story, but tells it from the perspective of the animals, which sounds a little cheesy at first, and I thought it was going to be cheesy too, but I, I found that I actually really liked it. Um, so you've got Bo, the, the donkey that ends up, you know, Mary ends up riding and you've got all these other animal characters and they tell it from their perspective and it's funny, it's lighthearted, it's touching. There are moments that I laughed during the movie. There are moments that I teared up during the movie. The soundtrack is absolutely, um, amazing. This, it's a combination of the right combination of, new Christmas tracks and uh, fun updated versions of some of our favorite Christmas uh, Christmas carols. And it's just, it's a star studded Hollywood cast, which is a little bit surprising. Mm-hmm. You know, I wouldn't expect a, a movie about Jesus to have Oprah in it um, or, or one of the key and peel dudes. I think, I think, um, or like uh, Chuck, you know, Zachary Levi is, is in it. He plays Joseph and, uh, Gina Rodriguez plays Mary, um, and then that that the the uh, Stephen Yoon or something like that the uh, the guy who played Glenn from The Walking Dead. Oh, nice. Uh, he he plays Bo, uh, the main character, uh, and so it's like a uh, and like um, uh, who's the American Idol? The first one, Clay or Clay Aiken? What? No, <laughs> no. Oh, Kelly Clarkson. Kelly Clarkson is in it. Uh, she plays one of the other animals, and so it's just it's just a. A good-natured movie. Now, again, like all tellings of the nativity, it embellishes a little bit. You still have the wise men that show up the night that Jesus is born. But I just, I found it to be imaginatively God-glorifying, and I love watching it with my family every year for Christmas. Awesome. 
Uh, I will definitely check that out. I was actually talking to Haley about it yesterday because I knew that you were going to recommend it. Um, and she, she'd she never heard of it either. So it, um, it does not have a good Rotten Tomatoes rating. Really? It's It's got like a 44. Whoa. Which I don't understand. I don't get. I'm just going to chalk that up to... It it was it was trying to appeal to the mainstream, but it's the Jesus story, and yeah. people in the mainstream just don't appreciate the Jesus side of things. I yeah. thought it was an absolutely brilliant movie. Yeah, so we're gonna check it out. We hope that you will as well. Um, but I mean, we had a longer podcast today, but I hope that you stuck with it and that that's, you that's weren't fault. that you didn't feel like we rambled too much about Thanksgiving stuff. Um, gobble, but, gobble. <laughs> but we will, we hope that you will connect with us on social media, um, on the spot dot podcast. You can find that on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, if you want to ask us questions, communicate with us, you can send us private messages in those areas, or you can send us an email to on the spot at spotswood.org. Um, and we do have a Q&A episode coming up. So yes, make sure we do. To get your questions in. Yeah, we do have a Q&A episode coming very soon. So we need questions from you that um, you are considering or wanting to uh, know the answers to. And we'll do our best to answer those questions. Um, so be sure if you're listening to re, uh, rate the podcast, uh, share it with somebody. Uh, your feedback uh, is really important and it helps uh, to get the podcast out there uh, in the podcast world. So when you rate it, that just helps um, get it into the ears of more people. Uh, but other than that, uh, we will be back in a couple of weeks to talk about more stuff that matters. Happy Thanksgiving. Gobble, gobble. <laughs>